Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Titus. Today is episode 694, and we'll look at Titus chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Let's read the passage. But avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law, because they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. For you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning. He is self-condemned. This is Paul's letter to Titus. Paul's in Corinth, and he's left Titus on the island of Crete with the assignment to finish the things that were left undone and appoint elders in every town. Apparently, Paul had been there with Titus. They had done some evangelistic work, and there was a lot of fledgling churches. And these churches needed a foundation. That's the unfinished business. And the first order of business is to appoint leadership elders in every town. And it's vital that they be godly men. And this is essential to the church having a foundation, is godly men leading the church. He's just finished this section that he began and ended with, I want you to insist on these things. And so he talked about uh, rules for various groups of people living respectable lives. And he gave the theology of it that because they're representatives of Christ. As Christians, they should live lives that reflect Christ. And he ended in verse 8 of chapter 3. He said, I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. Now in verse 9, he says, But avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, and disputes about the law because they're unprofitable and worthless. So where he wanted him to insist on this teaching that leads to good works, he says, yeah, but avoid this stuff. And that is what the false teachers are up to. So this has to do with how to deal with the false teachers. He was to teach the people of the churches on proper theology, and that will lead to them doing good work. But avoid foolish debates. Well, he mentioned this twice in 1 Timothy 1.4 and 6.4. It's foolish debates, not every debate, but foolish debates. And what would be a foolish debate? It would be debating on their terms. Don't engage the false teachers with the kind of debates they want to get into. Instead, proclaim the truth. So it's one thing for them to say something wrong and for Titus to come back and say, well, this is true, but don't get into a debate because that's what they really want to do, get into this big argument about nuances and, and things. So don't even get caught up in that. Just proclaim the truth. He says, avoid genealogies. Now, are genealogies bad? Well, the Bible's full of genealogies, but don't make that your point of your theology. Because we saw that in First Timothy, these endless genealogies that promote speculation. And it probably has to do with speculation about the origins or the descendants of persons. And making it into something that it's not, that is error. Picking a person out of a genealogy and then making up a story to go with it. That just leads people down a rabbit hole that means nothing. Quarrels. Well, quarrels, strive, they're just fighting over things. 
He just needs to proclaim the truth of God and leave it at that, not get into fights about it and disputes about the law. So this would be arguing over aspects of the Mosaic law. How do you really become spiritually clean through following of the Mosaic law? Is it necessary to do this or this? Well, the answer is you, you don't become clean by following the Mosaic law. And so don't get caught up in arguing about the fine points of the Mosaic law. He says, because they are unprofitable and worthless. Well, that's the exact opposite of what he ended verse 8 with about the good works that he was to insist on teaching that leads to good works because it would be profitable for everyone. But doing what the false teachers do, that is unprofitable. It's worthless. It doesn't count for anything. And so Paul's advice to Titus is don't get caught up in it. Avoid it. Don't get caught up in what they are doing and try to out-argue them or out-nuance them or out-genealogy or out-fight them. No, just don't get involved in it. Verse 10, he says, reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. All right, well, the word gets translated as divisive here is the, the Greek word heretikos, which is where we get the word heretic. Now, it didn't have that meaning at that time. It came out later. A heretic is somebody who is promoting religious error. But you see how it will get there, right? This point just does means exactly what it's, the translation is, divisive. Somebody who causes factions, who brings about divisions. That's the divisive person. So you're supposed to give them a first and second warning and then reject them. Now, is this a recipe? Sort of, but it's more of a philosophy, a, a, a way to think about it. Just like with Matthew 18, points out how to deal with somebody who's caught up in sin. He says, go and warn them. And if they don't listen to you, then go to them with somebody else. And if they don't listen to the two of you, then take it before the church. And if they won't listen to the church, cast them out of the church. Well, is that a formula? Well, it's a process. The, the point of the process is that you don't just let it go. You deal with it. You speak to the person. You challenge the person. You warn the person. And you do it more than once. And it may be a season. It may not be a single warning. Then I'll come back tomorrow and give you a second warning. And then you're out of here. But you warn them. You try to work with them. And you warn them again and try to work with them. Point being that in all of this, the goal is repentance. The goal is restoration. Trying to fix the problem. It's not trying to just drop the hammer on someone. It's trying to fix the problem. So if you're talking with somebody about a sin and you're not getting anywhere, then you may need to bring somebody else with you. And if the two of you aren't getting anywhere, then you need to bring it up to the church leadership. And if the church itself is ignored, then you have no choice but to treat him like an unbeliever. And the process there is that the church has authority. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the people of God. And when the people of God together say, we demand that you acknowledge the authority of God's word in your life, and the person says, no, I refuse to acknowledge the authority of God's word in my life, you have to say, well, we've got no choice but to treat you, treat you like an unbeliever. Similar here. Reject a 
divisive person after a first and second warning. So it's not a talk to him once, talk to him a second time, then kick him out of the church. It's you give repeated warnings. You work with them. And, and what's the exact length of time? No, it, it's situation dependent. And he goes on to explain it in verse 11. For you know that such a person has gone astray and is sinning, is self-condemned. Well, the false teachers are sinning. It's not that they have sinned. They are sinning. They are continuing to sin. And divisive people, I think in the context, he's really referring to the divisive people as some of the false teachers or all of the false teachers. They are creating divisions. They are divisive people. However, in our context, often you do have divisive people. They're not necessarily false teachers, but they are divisive. In both cases, false teachers, divisive people, they are sinning. They've committed a sin. They continue to sin. They're hurting people. They're hurting the church. They're hurting the cause of Christ. This is one of the reasons you've got to have solid leadership. That's why up front, one of the first things that Titus is supposed to do is get solid elders in every church. Because it's going to be up to the elders to provide this solid leadership to deal with divisive people, to deal with the false teachers, to warn them, rebuke them, to demand that they repent. And if they will not repent, then you have no choice but to remove them because they continue to sin. Their very act of being a false teacher, their very act of being a divisive person is sin. And if they will not stop, then you have no choice but to remove them. And as Paul says, he's self-condemned. Their actions are condemning them. It's not that the church is ganging up on them. The church is just responding to what they are doing. Speaking to discipline within the church, where the church must step up and take care of things like this. And it's never done with the attitude of triumphant. We're going to show these people. We're going to get back at them. We're going to show them who's boss. It should always be done with a lot of sorrow. The fact that someone will not acknowledge the authority of God in their life, the authority of the Word of God in their life, the authority of the church in their life, and if it goes to the point of having to remove them from the church, there should be a lot of sorrow involved in that. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. And the problem today is, is too often we don't deal with these sort of things, either false teachers or divisive people. And churches can be devastated by failure to deal with false teachers, divisive people. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Titus.